Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and thank you for downloading this week's podcast of The Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Coming up, the always fantastic Simon Pegg chewing the fat about his new hair-raising thriller, Inheritance. Sensational Scottish singer Katie Tunstall revealing her plans for getting everyone she knows involved in the video for her brilliant and also instructional new charity single, Wash Your Hands. Sam Neill and Theresa Palmer join us live from different Australian time zones for a chinwag about their brand new film, Ride Like a Girl, the true story of the first woman ever to win the Melbourne Cup horse race. And the always dapper Chiwetel Ejiofor gives us the lowdown on starring among a stellar cast in his latest action-packed film, The Old Guard. All of that and loads more still to come. Vassas, who's first? He is one of the best known and very best actors in the business. From Shaun of the Dead to Mission Impossible to Run, Fat Boy Run. He's never a square peg in a round hole. His brilliant new movie, Inheritance, is available from Monday. So please welcome the simply sublime Simon Pegg. Good morning, Simon. Wow. What a fantastic <laughs> intro. Thank you, Vassar. That wow. was lovely. Wow. Simon, saw you film yesterday. It scared the bejesus out of me, which I suppose is the whole point. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a sort of a, a, a taut thriller, I would call it. Um, it. It really is. I didn't know it was you. I mean, I knew it was you because obviously I, that's why I watched the film. But um, yeah. very good, my friend. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, I was. Uh, I did a lot of prep for that. I got. I had to get very skinny, which wasn't easy, but it was. Um, I had to, it was kind of worth it, you know, because I was playing a guy who'd been in isolation for uh, 30 years. Kind of, kind of slightly more relevant than I realised when I was doing the film, actually. Yeah, but there's lockdown and then there's his kind of lockdown, which is entirely different. Yes, his lockdown is, in for- is, is more enforced. Perhaps more like ours should have been. Yeah, but, well, uh... let, let's, let's not get into that on the Friday in the Sunshine. <laughs> Were you involved in the production of this show, of this film, rather? No, no, it was just uh, it was a script that came to me from a friend of mine. I'd worked with him before, and it just... You know, it, it was very, very much like a, a theatre piece. You know, it was a lot of dialogue. Me and Lily Collins just sort of squaring off over a chessboard a lot of the time. And because a lot of the films I do, they're very quick. And it's me basically delivering exposition about how to get Tom Cruise to stop a bomb or something. This felt like something a bit more chewy and a bit more kind of, uh, yeah, a bit more like doing a play. And it's, it's brilliant because, you know, in the opening scenes, you know, outside the courthouse and then, uh, you know, because her, her, Lily Collins' character's brother, he's going for election. It's all very big. It's all very sort of epic American drama, isn't it? Yeah, big sort of family uh, intrigue and all the sort of secrets that are involved in a, a, a big moneyed family in America. We shot it in Alabama, actually. It's set in New York, but we, we shot it in a... The scenes that I did with Lily were all in a disused paper factory in Birmingham, Alabama, which was interesting, to say the least. So the, is the patriarch, he pops his clocks pretty early on. I mean, you, you lead the charge here because I don't want to say too much in case uh, I'm going too far with it. Yeah, the, the, the patriarch of the family played by Patrick Warburton, he dies. He leaves Lily Collins, his daughter, um, an inheritance, hence the title which is mainly a key to a bunker in the back garden, which contains a terrible secret yes. at Monday. It, it does, doesn't it? Well done, by the way. I would have completely messed that up if you'd have left it to me. I would have gone so much further. Um, but, but the intrigue, you know, straight straight off the bat, because she is she is a brilliant individual. And she, you know, she's very accomplished in her field. And then, yeah. then we do see Dad get killed um, for one reason or another. And um, he, she, she's left least, but seems to be his favourite. From So she's left least from a financial point of view. That's right. She is, yeah. It? She's only left... His son is left, like, 10 million. 20, 20, million, mi- 20, 20 million. 20 million. 20 million, sorry. Yeah. And, uh, and, a, and she's left a million of key. And um, it, it, she gets put in a very, very difficult situation and kind of makes bad decision after bad decision, really. But who knows how we would react if we found... Uh, a gaunt man in our garden. Oh, there you know, you've got, have you gone too far or not? See, no, I, I might have got in trouble for that. Well, I think you kind of got to go there because yeah, it, okay, it's, it's, it's how I come into it. But, um, 
Yeah, it's a fun sort of torch. <laughs> it's not fun uh, at all. <laughs> I had all the curtains open. It's three o'clock in the afternoon, and I was I scared my pants off. <laughs> How is that fun, Simon? Oh, it's fun to be scared. So it's probably go on roller coasters. Um, no, you, you obviously you've had a hand in producing uh, horror as well, haven't you? Because you've done your yeah. your comedy. Well, you've done loads, haven't you? But the TV series Truth Seekers. Tell us about that. Yeah, Truth Seekers is coming up. That'll be on Amazon in October. That's the first show to come out of mine and Nick Frost's production company, Stolen Picture. Right. And um, so, yeah, that, that's, it's Nick in the main role with Samson Ko as his sort of sidekick. And uh, I'm in that in a kind of cameo capacity. But, um, yeah, it's a really fun kind of horror comedy, paranormal investigators. Um, we're trying to keep the horror in that straight and the comedy next to it rather than make fun of the horror if you know what i mean which yeah. is kind of what we wanted to do with sean of the dead and uh yeah so that's coming out in october and i had another film come out on monday uh called lost transmissions which is available to download as well so it's all happening at the moment i didn't know about that one okay now, yeah. now were lo lockdown not happening you would be uh, mission impossible sevening i would yeah we would all i was due to go to venice eight hours from flying i got the call uh and this was before the, the shutdown happened, uh, saying, don't come yet. And then by the next Thursday, that was Saturday, by Thursday it was like, don't come at all. And so, um, yeah, we're starting up again in September, September 7th in okay. Norway. So, so that's seven, that's, that's Mission Impossible 7. Now, I, I, I just get the gist of this. I've never talked to you about it before, and I've never talked to anybody about it before, but I sort of get the, get the vibe. The Mission Impossible gang is a very happy gang. It's a fun shoot, you know. I mean, it's always adventurous what we do. And, uh, you know, Tom and Chris McHugh, who's directed the last three, he's, he's a really great sort of captain of the ship. And, yeah, we have a lot of fun. It's hard work. We, we really sort of go for it. And usually we're kind of making it up as we go along a bit because that's the way Chris likes to work. He writes it and he, he tends to like to work. I always compare it to, you know, in The Wrong Trousers when Gromit is riding that train and he's, he's laying the track in front of the train as it's going along really fast. Yep. That's what making a Mission Impossible film is like. Oh, I like that, though. Right, now, before you go, and it's great to talk to you, Simon. Thanks so much for being on the show. Um, Pleasure. I've got to congratulate you with your accent, because that was one of the reasons I wasn't quite sure it was you. You've, na what, you've nailed the accent in this new film, Inheritance. So not only have you nailed the accent, but you've gone really low, and it's still really loud. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's Vaughan, the director. He always used to say, lean into the gravel. That was my, that was my main direction I got on this movie, lean into the gravel, but, which uh, is what I did. So, but if, <laughs> if I could do that voice, you know, if I could do it like two, two orders, you know, if I was an actor, I would, just, I would just deploy that voice for the rest of my life. Are you not tempted? <laughs> I just go into voiceovers for scary movies. I know, but it's... Yeah, I was actually, I was secretly auditioning for Batman. I don't know if I'm going to get it, but, you know, I had to go. Do you want to give us a little bit of the voice from Inheritance before you go? Can you do that for us? Um, I don't, uh, <coughs> hang on, whoa. Uh, no. It wasn't him. It's all ADR, wasn't it? That's what, that's what it was. Uh, yeah. Simon, great to talk uh, to you. Lots of love. You too, mate. Take care. Have a great weekend. Yeah, same to you, pal. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Our next guest may just be the dictionary definition of versatile. With theatre, film and TV, hard-hitting history, comedy and Disney all under his belt, he's now turned his attention to action fantasy in the brand new film The Old Guard on Netflix. Please welcome the exceptional Chiwetel Ejiofor. Good morning, Chiwetel. <laughs> morning, morning, morning. So, uh, Chutel, your character, not you, not you, but your character yeah. uh, has yeah. to go up against Charlize Theron's character in this new film. Now, she, her character is immortal. It can't be killed. Yeah. Now, that can't be easy. How do, you, how do you even begin to go up against such a, such a being? Well, you've got to use the, um, you know, you've got to use your mind. That's the thing. <laughs> that, it's, it's all about the brain power. You've mm -hmm. got to get around these, these little problems, you know. And they don't, you know, their, their complication is, they're sort of frustrated with being immortal anyway. Yeah. You know, they've, uh, so they're, they're, they're sort of, you know, it hasn't been that much of an advantage for them in some ways, actually. So uh, um, you've got to use that against them. I their think. dilemma is quite vampire -esque. Do you remember that film, Interview with the Vampire? 
I do remember that, yeah. And yeah, it, it was very, that. yeah, it was, it was sort of very, that was very sad at the end, wasn't it? You thought, oh no, I, why would you want to live? You know, Freddie Mercury said, who wants to live forever? Who really wants yeah, yeah. to live forever? Well, it's that thing, isn't it, that what makes life so special as well is that it's, you know, the sort of finite nature of it. That's the, that's the good and the bad news in a way. <laughs> it really is. It's so existential. <laughs> Where did you go and film this? It looks very exotic. Um, you started yeah. in London, I saw. Did you get to get on a plane and go somewhere when we used to be able yeah, to do that? Yeah, yeah, I went to Marrakesh, actually. You shot, I shot some of it in Marrakesh, and that was fantastic. I've never been out there, so um, that, was really, that was really great. But most of it was shot you know, in, in London and, and in uh, Shepparton, in Shepparton Studios, and so... That was, which was very nice for me, and uh, <laughs> you know, so it was actually a bit of a bonus. The whole thing was just kind of a great combo. Okay, and what, um, what about and a great cast? You know, great group of people to work with. Yeah, let's know. drop some other names. I've mentioned you there, and I've mentioned, of course, Charlie Theron. But other stellar names in the cast. Yeah, Kiki Lane is a fantastic actress. Um, you know, and uh, Matthias Schönitz, who's a Belgian actor, and. Uh, um, um, Luca and Marwan. It's a, it's a great sort of group of people, you know, from all over the world. It's a very international, um, an international feel in, in the cast and, uh, and a great director in Gina Prince Bidewood, um, uh, who I've been a fan of for a long time because uh, of, um, um, you know, various films she's made. But uh, I love the film she made called Love and Basketball years ago and um, Beyond the Lights very recently with Gugu and Bartha Roar. And so, uh, I was very excited about her taking on something of this kind of size and all of this action, but also, you know, all this you know, philosophical and existential angst. It was a great, great combo. Now, without giving too much away, um, you may have been uh, sort of, you may, you may experience a transition from the dark side. Um, you may be involved in the future. Should you ever be able to make a movie with Charlie's again? That, could that, that, <laughs> how much do we give, how much do we talk about this? Or, or have I said too much already? Well, I think all I'd say is that I, I, when I read the script and when I was, you know, approached to be in the film, and one of the things that I'm really excited about is the possibility of of, of telling, you know, ex- exploring these characters further. Let's say. Yeah, that's and, good. Um, that's good. That's a good way of putting it. That's very professional. <laughs> that's the opposite of Vassas's intro. That was so professional. That was unbelievable. All right. What was the last thing you did as an actor, and what's the next thing you hope to do on either side of this thing called lockdown? Yeah, what was the last thing I did as an actor? That's a really good question. I mean, maybe maybe it was, maybe it was. Oh, I did a film called Infinite actually, uh, uh, with Mark Wahlberg, and we shot that um, just before, I suppose, just before lockdown started. Antoine Fuqua directed it. We shot it all in the UK, and so I think that that is going to be coming out some point soon. I think it's not going to be this year now. I think because everything's been sort of shuffled back, but I think it at some point. Uh, next year, so that's called Infinite. All right, I heard August the seventh this year, but that may be wrong. Um, I, I lo- think it's moved. I think it's moved back now. Okay. Moved. See, you know, there's just been a lot of shuffling around with all of these release dates. So, see, Vassos and Rachel, who work on the show with me, he's so cool, right? Mm-hmm. He forgot that the last thing he did before lockdown <laughs> was a major movie with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> that's how cool Chiwetel is. No, no, that's <laughs> what lockdown has done to me. It's, it's, <laughs> that's how it's addled my brain. Uh, Chiwetel, thank you for putting up with us. Um, we love you, and uh, come and see us when you can, and uh, good luck with the yeah, movie. definitely. All right, cheers, Thanks pal. So Bye-bye. So Chiwetel, edge of four, proper, proper, proper superstar. Don't know what he was doing on this show. <laughs> no idea. Why do you think I was practising? <laughs> <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Who are we talking to and about what next, Vassos? Last time our next guest was on the show, we all had a gong bath together. Well, she's now come up with some cleansing sounds we can dance to. Her new <laughs> single is Wash Your Hands. Alan Cumming helped with the video and all proceeds go to COVID-19 appeals. Please welcome, live from Los Angeles, the super cool, Katie Tunstall. Good morning, Katie. Oh, my God. Hi, everybody. I'm coming straight from Los well, Angeles. hi. How you doing? How's it going? I honestly, Chris, I can't get over this Taiwan flight thing. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's like literally the like worst it. part of being on tour. <laughs> no, but and well, it is for you. Like... But you see, I always think that you know when you when you get on a long haul flight, you know, and you have got a decent seat and some decent service going on, you know, when yeah, el- the flight's okay. 
this no, is I like know, I know. Going getting, to the airport. Oh, man. But you've got all your flight cases man. and things. And basically, you're at work, aren't you? You are working when you're doing that. And people find that hard to get their head around. But I, I get your point of view, but you've got to get ours. You know, I, I thought... Yes, in, no, I do. In the 90s, I thought to open a place in London, right, where you could go and it just had aircraft seats and you could just be... <laughs> You could just be, what's the word? You could be mollycoddled. You could be... Served. Ser- no, what's... <laughs> Served. What's the better word? When you go to spa, you're... What are you? You're... Pampered. pampered. You could be pampered. pampered. For, you know, you could b- book an hour in first class in Soho, you know, for your lunch yeah, break. I Sit think- down in your seat, buckle up and... Ooh, would you like something to drink before takeoff, sir? Yes, I would. Thank you very much indeed. That kind of thing. I well, love... I've seen, like, a couple of videos of people using, like, treadmills as baggage... collection belts (laughs) in their house just to feel like they've arrived back from holiday that is so funny Uh, so you are in LA so it's uh, it's it's three minutes to one o'clock in the morning I know I would be I would be finishing the after show party and trying to find somewhere else to go right about now Whereabouts are you? I mean, not not your exact address, um, but whereabouts? Well, which... yes, it's number one, two, three, four, <laughs> Privet Drive, Los Angeles. Um, no, I actually moved house during the lockdown, right? Which was crazy, um, and my house finally got kind of got ready to move into because I'm building a studio up here. I'm in Topanga Canyon. Nice. Which is mental. And uh, the third day I was here, I went out to walk the dog, and there was a four foot rattlesnake in the middle of the road. Well, that's what happens, it's, I suppose, uh, isn't it? And you have your coyotes there as well, and your rats as yeah. big as dogs. There's owls hooting outside. It's beautiful. It's very wild. Yeah, good for you. And you were in Venice before that, weren't you? I was. Yeah, I, right. got, I, I left the beach behind and ran for the hills. That's what a lot of people do. They, they, go, they go to Venice Beach, they live there for a while, they hang out there for a while, and then they sort of... Is it because you've had your Venice Beach fill, or, or, you know, why do people go there? They don't tire of it, but is it just because you've been there and done it, and then you think, I want to go to the hills? Really bu- it's really busy. It's a bit like living in Hoxton Square in London. It's right. just really, really busy, and kind of that's where everybody goes at the weekend. So I think once you've sort of had your experience of Venice Beach living, unless you're from there or unless you fall in love with it and you live there your whole life. But I understand people sort of wanting to come. There's there's a lot of different experiences in LA and I, I love the kind of wild nature of it, which is really close to the urban centre of it. Right, now LA was doing brilliantly with COVID uh, to start I off know. with. Um, uh, but it's all gone a bit pear-shaped. Tell us what the current mm. situation is there now. Well, I think what's happened is they did... They did do really well and shut down really early here in California. And I think it's just a lot of pent-up frustration as everybody's feeling and they've just done it all a bit too fast, Right. I think. Okay. And um, so, yeah, unfortunately, they're seeing some really, really pretty scary numbers out here. So it's, And it's... There's, I've definitely witnessed people having a problem wearing masks. People are, people are feeling... Some people are feeling very upset about that. Yeah, well, it's funny, isn't it? Because the jury here was out for ages on that. You know, mm. even the chief well, medical officer problem. and uh, we yeah. had uh, Sir Patrick Valance. They weren't quite sure. Um, Matt Hancock mm. said he wasn't quite sure. And then, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was like, no, no, they definitely make a difference. And Bill Gates just um, released a video 36 hours ago as part of uh, the TED network. And he mm. he says in that for a good five minutes, no, 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 we now... The, the, the information is in, the science is now in, masks make a huge difference, so you should all be wearing your masks uh, when you can. Well, you can understand why people are confused. Yeah. You know, it's not been clear about what we should be doing. But yes, masks now. I like that drawing that's going around that where people, when they wear, wear their mask under their nose, it's a bit like not putting pulling your underpants up properly. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it immediately becomes fashion, doesn't it? And you know, it's, I know. It's, we're, 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 us human beings, we're peculiar things, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, I also heard about this amazing mask company that you send them a picture of your face and they print your face yeah. on your mask. Yeah, they, they weird me out. I've got a rainbow mask. It's um, so weird. Yeah, I, I think I just think the more colourful, the better, the happier, the better. Yeah. Um, you can yes, you can also agreed. have you can have a massive smile as well, can't you? Just a big smile. You can. Like a joker smile. I think smile. that's what we need to do. Is we need to we need to pick some uplifting masks mask choices. Uh, right. Tell us about the song and tell us what's going on with the proceeds from and how people can get it. So it's a ridiculous fun song that I did completely on my laptop. There's no instruments. It's all done on my laptop, and I've got amazing four-time beatboxing champion in the UK, Grace Savage, on it as well. And I wrote a song about what we need to do moving forward. It's really for kids, to help kids 
understand this weird situation and what they've got a mantra to go through your head of what we've got to remember to do. And it's for Warwick Child UK and WaterAid. And WaterAid got back in touch with me when I sent it to them and said, Katie, your chorus is 20 seconds long, which is the perfect and one. Yeah, the gods Benny. are on your side. Well, listen, you sound wide awake, my sweetheart. Yeah. Well, I've always been a bit of a night owl, Yeah, I Chris. thought you might. Uh, but you sound... I kind of programmed. I'm programmed to be up late. But you're on great form. Um, Katie, great to I'm talk to you. I'm feeling good. Uh, we're going to play. Miss we're... you guys. I'll miss you too. Uh, and let it be sooner rather than later that we see each other again and stay in touch. Yeah. Katie sends us live from Topanga Canyon over there. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> in Los Angeles. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So we've heard from three tremendous guests already, but there's still so much more stuff to come, including soul songstress Ruby Turner lathers us with her hot off the press single, A Better Way, from her 20th solo album, Love Was Here. Stacey Dooley lifts the spoiler-free lid on the final episode of the sparkling second series of Glow Up, searching for Britain's next makeup star, and Denise Welsh opens up about her more than 30-year journey with mental ill health and stories from her memoir, The Unwelcome Visitor, Depression and How I Survive. It. All that and more still to come, so let's get right back to it. Vassos, who's next? One of racing's greatest tales. Five years ago, Michelle Payne became the first female jockey to win the race that stops a nation. Her Melbourne Cup triumph has now been made into a film, Ride Like a Girl, available on Sky Store. So please welcome, live from Australia, the two leading superstars, <laughs> Teresa Palmer and her on-screen dad, Sam Neill. Good morning, guys. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello. Uh, good afternoon to you. Welcome. Good early evening to you there. Uh, Teresa, whereabouts are you? What time is it, please? It is 5.18pm. Mm. I'm in the Adelaide Hills in South Australia. All right, what, what about you, Sam? It's 5.45. I'm in Sydney. For some reason, we have a half-hour time difference in South Australia. Right. Yeah, uh, that does happen in various parts of the world, and yours is one of them. Uh, so, Sam, first of all, you play Daddy Paddy in this amazing tale. Tell us about uh, what, you, what you, tell, tell us about what you can from your point of view to get people to engage with it, because it's a fantastic film, fantastic story. Well, it's an inspirational story, um, and I play Teresa's father. I'm not nearly old enough, of course, to do that. But, um, it, it, you know, the first woman jockey to win um, the race that stops the nation, an incredible woman, Michelle Payne, and um, Teresa does a wonderful job playing her. Um, such courage from not just, to, not just Michelle, but also Teresa on these, on these extraordinary horses that go about 100, 100 miles an hour. I'm full of admiration for both of them. Now, um, oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? A uh, bit of father-daughter love live on the radio from Australia. Uh, but Sam, he he wasn't the archetypal supportive dad, was he? He, he was in his in his stoic, introspective way. Right. Um, he's not one of those kinds of fathers who um, dishes out praise. Um, but he really feels it in his heart, and I know he really believed in her and um, was really inspired by everything she was doing. He just was one of those ones that don't necessarily share that with their children. Um, and I, I like, they had quite an, an interesting dynamic. It was probably my favourite relationship in the film is this father-daughter relationship. Um, it's really heartwarming. And, and not a lot of words are spoken between them, but you can just feel... Um, just the depth of that relationship. It's really special. Uh, now, Teresa, um, Sam Payne, you massive compliments there. I mean, you, you are amazing in the film, um, but tell, tell us about your horsewomanship. You know, is, is, that, is that how you bagged the part or was this like, you know, fake it till you make it and hopefully don't break too many bones in the process? That's exactly what it was, the latter of the two. Um, look, I hadn't ridden since I was about 12. I had done a few... I guess, trail rides when I was younger, um, but really had no experience around horses. So it was very much 
being thrown into the deep end. Um, and I, ha- I had to train. So I trained for about a month before we started shooting. I'd go in four times a week and just learn how to be comfortable around horses, how to spring up on their back and land like a jockey would in the saddle, how to how to sit properly. Um, I was essentially atrophied after having my second baby and I hadn't been to the gym in years. Blimey. So they also got me um, in the gym doing workouts two hours a day and just building strength that up, back up. You just don't even understand as a jockey how strong they are. It's um, even just to hold themselves in the way they have to. It, it, there's just so much strength involved. Uh, Sam, do you remember this? I mean, it's not that long ago, but you know, how much on, on your radar was the actual event back in 2015 itself? Well, everybody was talking about it. I didn't. I didn't actually see it live, but um, the word went around. Can it, 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 incredible to believe in such a male-dominated uh, sport that a woman could could have won this race at all on on a horse that was a hundred to one. And so mm-hmm. when the six o'clock news was on, I was, I was on there like a shot. And um, uh, it, it's, it, it, yeah, it's a really a great story. Uh, I'm, and it was a great story that day and is, is today still. Um, and uh, Teresa, have you been watching <laughs> Sam in any of his uh, cinema quarantino films that he's been making under lockdown? I, I'm thoroughly impressed. Okay. <laughs> We've been watching it as a family and it's, it's really out there. It's creative. It's dynamic. It's been bringing a smile to people's faces. Okay, whose idea was that, Sam? The cinema Quarantino. Oh well, I just thought um, you know I was sort of locked away in in uh, in my flat here in Sydney with nothing to do, as you are in lockdown. I thought, why don't you know? We've all got an uh, an iPhone. Why don't we just you know? I just get hold of some friends and. We won't worry about continuity or even being in the same country, but I'm sure we can make little two-minute films together. So um, it was just to keep me from going nuts, really. <laughs> and did it work? Oh. Did it work? <laughs> yeah, I think um, I've got a lot of good feedback. Good. Um, and we're going to do one as well, aren't we, Teresa? We are, yep. Stay tuned. What do you fancy? What, what genre can we expect? Um, we're going to do probably... sci-fi salation. Sci-fi. Right. Sky Fisolation, I like that. That's good. Sky Fisolation, that's a good idea. Um, yeah. It is, yeah. All right, uh, Theresa Palmer and Sam Neil, thank you both so much for being live on the show from Australia. Well done, guys. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you, you are very welcome, as always. And Ride Like a Girl is available via premium on demand now, including Sky Store. And it is highly, 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 highly recommended uh, by the members of the team that have seen it. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. You will know her from the West End stage, from touring the world with Jules Holland and from once playing herself in Doctors. Today she brings us her latest single, A Better Way, from her 20th solo album, Love Was Here, and it's a belter. Please welcome the Queen of Soul, the remarkable Ruby Turner. Ruby, 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 Ruby! (laughs) Oh, baby boo, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, you know, I've been listening to your show, amazing. (laughs) Quite wonderful. Now, usually you, you play like a million gigs a year. How How is lockdown treating you? You must be going bonkers. It's a strange one, Chris. It really is. I, the, the first four weeks, you know, I was kind of chilling, thinking this is all right. You know, I was catching up on bits and pieces, writing songs, thinking no one thought it was going to last this long. Yeah. I mean, we came out of Europe on the 13th of March. Mm-hmm. And while we were coming through Jules, we did a European tour and they were locking down as we were coming out came home on the 13th and they locked us down on right the, on the 23rd. Yeah, I know. So it was kind of what was going on, you know. I mean, you, well, I was... just with Jules, you play about 150 gigs a year. That's without your own gigs as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I'm just in the diary. I'm just looking. We're supposed to be in Helsinki some, at some point, since Petersburg at some point. We're going nowhere. So, yeah, it's been, but I've been trying to keep busy. At, you talk about running socks. I'm doing a lot of walking right. at the moment. I'm trying to, because that keeps up, keep the endorphins nice and, and tearful because we're going through quite a miserable time, I guess, you know, as the world knows. But um, just trying to keep positive, doing a lot of writing, watching a lot of documentaries, catching up on stuff. I've given up on the cooking because the weight's going on, so that's not much good. So, <laughs> so that's what, you know, this whole, you know, this whole flower nonsense. We can't get any flour. 
I find myself going to look for flour. I don't even eat bread. Yeah, for, for, I mean, yeast was the thing, wasn't it? We, we, yeah, had, I, I, we, we, were, we were experiencing yeast pushing, yeast pushers. I got, I got a guy who can get you some yast. Really? Yeah, meet him under the railway bridge at 12 o'clock tonight. He can give you at least half an ounce. It's like, what? Okay, so, we'll be there. Well, I'm kind of, we're so over that now. That Everyone's calmed down now. It's just yeah. a question of just riding the storm, really, and and uh, I'm kind of getting out of it. But, you know, it's, it's from one thing to another that's happening to us in this world right oh, now. Yeah. So it's uh, we're, we're holding on, trying to be positive, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just think... Um, I just think we'll just hold up for better days. You yeah, know? I agree. But, they, you know, history has proven that great change, if great change is required, adversity has to come before it. And uh, let's hope that's the case here because that, that would be the ultimate silver lining. Now, Ruby, um, there, there have been live music events happening around the world. Uh, people, you know, drive in live music events. Garth uh, Brooks... Um, he, he staged a huge one a couple of days ago. Massive, massive, massive. Um, and I think Jules's band and yourself, because you've got such a big sound, you, you know, you, you, could, you could do that. You could carry something like that off. Have, has there been talk about anything, you know, in that kind of guise? Good. Well, I've I've seen it. I've read about it, and but no, I'm still waiting to hear from management. No, we've we're still trying to see if things are still going to open up later on. Right. Because you, like you said, we got you know we got three months worth of work lined up. Um, but who knows? Happily to go out and play in some car park. I think that's that's the, that's the that's the lick, isn't it? Some big car park. We're all... It's more than a car. Well, who knows? Ruby, you're, you're worth more than a car park, even in lockdown, sweetheart. Well, love, I don't know where to go stage oh, it. No, I'll sort you out. Don't worry. We're, we're trying it. So we'll try and get something together ourselves. I'd love to do something like that. Um, right, wonderful. New music time. New single, a better way. Uh, brand new album. Mm. Your twentieth solo album. Is that right? Twenty. Indeed. Yeah, I've been around a long time, Chris. You know, it's kind of... <laughs> well, you know how it is. Um, yeah, I made this album kind of on the run in between tours with Jules and myself, you know, and uh, finished it last year and, and got and put it out January this year. And, of course, with the lockdown, not being able to promote or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, it's my 20th album and I feel really good about it because it took about five years to write. And that song, Better Way... That, you know, those lyrics came way back when, when something must have happened to, to, to inspire that kind of writing, you know. And, uh, and here we are today in the song that feels like it's, you know, my, it's just me voicing. You know, as an artist, we have to sort of, you know, lend our creativity to what's going on in the climate, yeah, like the current situation. And mm-hmm. so, and that song was already there. And I woke up one five o'clock one morning and go, better way. This is how I'm feeling because I think after, you know, the one, the tsunami of the, the virus kicking and what have you. And I have a brother in New York. He came down with the virus. And, and like I said, the four weeks was, I was going, yeah, watching the garden growing and all this stuff. And then suddenly my brother got hit. Mm-hmm. And then the whole world changed. Yeah. And I couldn't get to New York and I couldn't get to my dad. And I, and I was just stuck, you know. And like, so there was a whole period of sort of serious you know, high alert in one's body. My, 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 my adrenaline was sort of ready for action, but we couldn't do anything. Isn't that, I know, it's so strange. Uh, isn't he's, it? Yeah, prime, yeah, primed, but nowhere to go almost. Nowhere to go. Can't fly, I can't do nothing. Thank God, you know, he's, he's pulled through and it's a slow process as we'll know, well, we don't even know what the effects of this disease has on people, you know, later on in life so yeah, yeah. he's slowly getting there he's, he's back he's doing his slow walking and and i'm so i give thanks and you know i know we were spared man because you know you see the figures every night the figures terrifying heartbreaking yeah. stuff going on out there so you know and then and then we had this other horrible virus that's you know racism thing that came and that was it i was floored i couldn't i found myself crying a lot you know yeah. and um and then i woke up one morning for about five and i go better way with us and I called. I just made the calls. I said, the song, I've got to get it out. I've got to this. I've got to voice something. I've got to, we've got to be proactive in this world. Yeah, so we've got true. to make any change. We've got to, we've got to take stand and say something, you know, and um, hopefully not waiting for the change. Make the change, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Be the change you want to see and all that. And, yeah, um, yeah. Every, everybody on the show today wants you to promise that you will come in the second you can and sing for about three and a half hours without any interruptions. <laughs> will you do that? <laughs> I shall. All right. I shall consult Mr. Holland and we should be in. Right. Ruby, I love you and I can't wait to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you.
the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Last week, this wonderful woman shared her heart-wrenching journey with depression over 30 years. Well, she's back, back, back to tell us more about her memoir, The Unwelcome Visitor, Depression and How I Survive It, so that others don't have to suffer in silence the way she did. Please welcome the utter delight that is Denise Welsh. Good morning, Denise! Hello! Hello. How are you? I'm back. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. How has your week been uh, with the unwelcome visitor, Depression and How I Survive It, out now in hardback, digital and ebook, and has been for seven days? Amazing. Well, um, I've had the most overwhelming response and, 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 you know, on, honestly, your your contribution and, and, and you saying such lovely things. And I have a, an, an announcement to make, which I only had confirmed last night. And this is, uh, I've not said it to anybody except my family. The book has gone in at number three in the Sunday Times bestseller Whoa, charts. Oh, that's massive, isn't it? That is huge. I know. Because I know you were number one on Amazon last week and then yeah. you were number one on the Movies and Shakers as well and number one yeah. in the mental health category. But it's number three in the main chart. In the Sunday Times chart. So I'm, fantastic. I'm, and, and, and that's behind Charlie Mackey. Yeah. Who I know you've got on the show. Yeah, or even Mackesy. Or even Mackesy. It's up to you. Mackesy. That's the thing. Mackesy. <laughs> um, and that very and that and that that one about the um the one about the White House. And they're almost immovable and brilliant, of course. So I'm just I, I'm I'm thrilled and I'm proud. I mean, it's it's wonderful, but in a way, it's also sad, Chris, that so many people still um still need a voice and the comments i've had on a daily basis have have reduced me to tears yeah the, the you know the fact that people are still suffering in silence and remain very misunderstood and are just seem so grateful that someone is talking about it in a language that they can understand. Well, it's interesting that you say, you know, it, it's sad that people still need a voice. But the thing is, with any subject that needs a voice today, it will always, always need a voice as well tomorrow because these things, you know, to, to, to face these issues, challenge them, to confront them and hopefully overcome them is a practice. You know, you're only yeah. as good as you, as you are today. And that's why... That's why it, it is sad, but it's always going to be the case. And your book is one of those forever books. It will just stay there forever because people will always need it. I hope so. I, re- I really hope so. And it does seem to have. I got, a, I got a letter yesterday that came, an actual letter that came addressed to Denise Welsh of Loose Women somewhere in Wilmslow. <laughs> and it got here. Okay. It got here with this lovely handwritten, heartfelt letter from this woman, Anne from Sandbach. So, you know, I've just had. And, and a great response, and thanks to you guys for no, being no, you know, so supportive of it. Well, that that loose address gets us on to your to, to your you know when you used to let loose um, around the various pubs yeah. bars of uh, of the world because you know yeah, that could have been the instruction you gave to a cab driver, couldn't it? Back in the day, um, my name is my name. Please take me home. My name is Denise Welsh. Uh, loose women somewhere in Wilmslow. That could have been something well, you said to a cab driver. Well, I got home with a post-it note on my forehead once. <laughs> that my friends had put a post-it note with my address on it on my forehead. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we can laugh about it and we can laugh about the couple of times that we, you know, but I was, I was self-medicating for nigh on 15 years, Chris. I know. And it was, um, it was pretty, it was pretty awful because I was so, so I, I never make any excuses for, for behaviors. I think the responsibility is yours, but there are often reasons for those behaviors. Mm. So the reason that I started to self-medicate, because bearing in mind, I was 38 before this happened, yeah. you know, but dr- drinking drugs had been on my radar for years as they had with all of us when we were young. And I used to like a drink and go out with my mates, but Things like drugs and everything passed me by no interest, zero interest, zero tolerance, to be honest. And so, you know, it all started when I was um, probably around the time that I was in Coronation Street, even though obviously that was a wonderful show and that had no bearing on it. But the, but the, um, the, you know, the, the shed, the shed load of work that you're doing when you're there. And I had a young son and my husband who had moved down to the northwest. And I think I was just overwhelmed by everything. And my depression started to thicken 
And of course, I was I would have said to somebody, you've got to look after yourself. You must tell them you're not well. But of course, I was talking the talk and not walking the walk. Mm. And I, like everybody else, was too frightened to say to people that I had clinical depression. So I had two breakdowns while I was doing Coronation Street. And it was it was a pretty horrendous time. And the only way I felt I could get through was to medicate myself. And of course, as we all know, even those who don't have a problem, times like lockdown, people have wanted to take the edge off. And it does initially, but it makes it 10 times worse. And then my depression was so thick that the come down would start to, ha to ha happen. And it was so terrifying that I would keep on going. And that, of course, resulted in a, you know, in, in a terrible addiction. And I'm just so grateful that I met Lincoln and, and, and we got sober eight years ago. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because depression can be can feel like drowning, but you know, add alcohol and it's stones in your pockets. Time. It really is, and of course, we're facing a tsunami of this coming out of lockdown as well, because many people who didn't have a problem in inverted commas have used it to self-medicate, and now we're seeing a massive ri rise in that. And you know, people who don't have a problem know what it's like. You have a few too many. You have a great night, but you wake up with anxiety, as they now call it. Anxiety. Everything that's is interesting. Anxiety, yeah. And of course, it's um. You know, and a lot of people are, 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 are struggling with, with, with that now. I mean, I'm not the drink police, but I still <laughs> feel that we have, to, we have to address alcohol, Chris, because my favourite quote is, alcohol is the only drug you have to apologise for not taking. Yeah, and also... And also sorry, carry on, Denise. No, and yet it is legal and it is available and you see all of the trouble going on in the world. You see all of the rises in domestic violence and you can bet your bottom dollar that 99.9% .9 of that is due to or increased by use of alcohol. Yeah, alcohol is a drug of choice and the main difference is that, it, that it's legal. Um, you are brilliant. Um, are you back on the telly today? I'm not back on the telly today. I'm back on the telly on um, Monday. All right, Denise, lovely to talk to you again. And you. Thanks so much, Chris. Lots of love. You're awesome. Okay, Denise Welsh's book is out now. It's been out for a week and it's doing great business. And if you read it or you've read it like I have, then you will know why. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. This is your official mascara warning. And your lipstick warning and your <laughs> eyeliner warning. Very good, very Tonight, good. one aspiring artist will be crowned Britain's next makeup star in the final of Glow Up, the show where you glow or you go. It's hosted by the chic, unique, and always on fleek, Stacey Dooley. Oh, good morning, Stacey. <laughs> Stacey Dooley, everyone. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, I'm very well. How are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm spot on, thank you. I'm really annoyed that I've never used that line, glow or go. Yeah, you've got I'm to... Gonna, I'm going to introduce that, series three. Yeah. It's going to be the opening line. Anyway, uh, till next week, got to glow. <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to... I'll play with it. Stacey, I'll, I'll make it my own. Stacey, I, uh, I, I, to, to, my, to my shame, I've never seen your show, and I would have watched it this week, but I had to watch all Oliver Stone's films, and he's made loads of them, because we interviewed him early this morning and, and read his book. Uh, however, um, <laughs> other members of the team love your show, swear by your show, worship at the altar of your show. Um, is it too late me, for, for me to jump on the bus um, before tonight's final? <laughs> I mean, it's fairly straightforward. So the premise, I mean, it's not a million miles away from Bake Off, right? So yep. every week we've got these really amazing MUAs. They'll be so angry. The show will be so angry that I've compared it to, <laughs> to another show. It's a show in its own right. Um, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, like every, we've got these amazing MUAs. And then every week they're, you know, given a couple of tasks. And then, you know, whoever has a really brilliant week goes on. And then whoever struggles, there's a bit of a face-off. Um, but I love it. It's got such a lovely feel about it. And for whatever reason, it's done so well. Like, this series has done particularly well. So I'm delighted. I'm made up for everyone. You hit Harrods in the final. That must have been That's fun. Right. Yeah, you know, it was lovely. So there was, um, I think last week we were at Rankins and Eve. So there's three finalists left. So we've got Eve, um, Ophelia and James. And it was Eve's week, really, last week. She was blinding, like, Rankin really was delighted with, with her work. Um but they're all brilliant, but they're all very different. So, yeah, they all offer something. Um, yeah, they're just kind of artists in their own right. And then this week they go to Harrods, and I think they're really nervous because the audience, I mean, was very established. We had people from Vogue and other editorials and, you know, people that sort of were within that industry, they've been there for decades, Val's crowd. 
Um, but yeah, they, they all did brilliantly. Now, even I know that the makeup department in Harrods is a flaw to be reckoned with. Um, um, yeah. Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> you have to go in. You've got to be quite robust. Yeah, you, sort of, you can't make your way from A to B without having something put on you. Is that where you, is that where you filmed it? On the floor itself? On the yeah, floor? yeah. And it was, I think it had just had a refurb. Um, the lady's very sweet. She's sort of telling us how much money they'd spent on the refurb and it was all very glamorous and sort of totally not my scene at all. Um, so I was soaking it all up, yeah. I'm now a hive of knowledge. And so I, I suppose people watch the show um, and, uh, and and glean a load of tips, uh, from, from makeup tips from watching it, don't they? Is that one of the yeah. big draws? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's just, it's such a... Um, it's such a lucrative industry, and I think sometimes I've sort of said this before, but there can be sort of an element of snobbery surrounding makeup, mm. um, and I think that's such a Stone Age approach. I think you know these kids are artists, and the transformations they're able to kind of just show Val Garland and Dominic Skinner, who are legends in their own right, yeah. it's just remarkable. And you know they're, they're being filmed and it's being broadcast, and they've got so many different things to contend with. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I'm 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 really really pleased that they're given this platform. I think it's I think it's really worthwhile. And, and when when you get your three finalists together tonight, how much of a difference can they make in makeup? You know, in, in one sitting of makeup, that that a judge can go well. You know, this week, you know, um, you know, contestant number three has nailed it by far. It's just so much better. How does that work? I think so. I think often it's open to interpretation, isn't it? Because I suppose art is subjective. So really it's up to, to Val and Dom. I mean, they've got to impress, they've got an audience with the Harrods um, episode. So, you know, they'll kind of, they'll take into account the feedback from the professionals there. And then, you know, because it's the final, they'll sort of look over the past um, couple of weeks and see who's been consistent, um, who's been reliable. Um, but it really, it really was up for grabs because they'd all had, They'd all shone at different times. Um, yeah. <laughs> OK, well done. Uh, give our love to Kevin. Uh, we'll see him I soon. Uh, you're awesome. Uh, we love you and the team love your show. Uh, Glow Up Britain's next makeup star. Series 2, final episode tonight from 7pm, BBC3 via BBC iPlayer. And it is a smoking hit over there on BBC3. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. OK, our next guest. I'm going to do the intro. Vassos will do the interview. <laughs> in a funny sort of way, we're going to miss the F1 watch-alongs with our next guest. But in every other way, we're absolutely thrilled. He's swapping class. Classic races for live Grand Prix. Yes, the F1 is back, back, back this week. So it's lights out and away we go with our good pal and super sports commentator, David Crofty, Crofty, Crofty. <laughs> good morning, Crofty. Morning. Morning, morning Crofty. Morning. How are you doing? So morning. scale of one to ten then, Crofty. How excited? Right. Um, on a scale of one to ten, Shall I say 216? Because that's how many days we've waited since Abu Dhabi 29 to go racing once again at the Austrian Grand Prix. So 216, that's my scale today. So we've got seven Grand Prix confirmed, starting with a doubleheader in Austria this weekend and next. What's new for this season? This season that was hours away from starting as per normal in <laughs> Melbourne and then it got cancelled. What have we got to look forward to? Right, here's it in a nutshell. Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc all had their seasons ever in Formula One last year. So let's just take that and raise it up a notch because as we know, if you have one really good season, you can have another and another and another and another because they're all coming to their peak at around about the right time. Uh, Sebastian Vettel is leaving Ferrari, the team that put the team first. He doesn't give a damn about the team anymore. He's racing for himself. So the Vettel-Leclerc battle carries on. Hamilton and Bottas and the dominant Mercedes, that carries on. Max Verstappen in a better Red Bull car, we think, might just be a championship contender for this year as well. And for the first time ever, we've got back-to-back -back races at the same race circuit, not once, but twice, including two Silverstone races uh, to celebrate the 70th anniversary of this glorious championship. Um, there's many, many more things to look forward to, Vassals. The fact is, F1 is back. And that's the main thing. Yeah. Jensen Button came on the show a few weeks ago and he seemed to suggest that they might play with the format a little bit for the second weekend in Austria and the second weekend at Silverstone. Maybe some kind of reverse grid sprint race to, to, to organise the, 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 um, the, the placings for the Sunday race. Is any of that going to happen or have Mercedes said nine? 
Mercedes have said nine to that one, I'm afraid. Uh, It needs the total uh, agreement of all the 10 Formula One teams, and that didn't happen. There's a little tweak for Silverstone because there's different tyre compounds for the second race um, to the first race. They should have done that in Austria as well. Um, I'm not going to get negative this morning because it's not a day to be negative, but I wish they'd have thought about a little tweak. But what I am hoping is that the weather forecast that looks a little bit mixed for this weekend in Austria uh, turns into sunshine for the weekend after. We'll have a wet race and a dry race and that'll mix things up plenty, won't it? And what about um, Lewis's brand new uh, superb Black Lives Matter livery? Is it both Mercedes cars or just Lewis's car? No, it's it's both. And I think this is absolutely mega, uh, guys. I really do. Um, What Mercedes have said is not just we support Lewis, we stand shoulder to shoulder with Lewis and and the comments that he made recently um, about Black Lives Matter and about uh, more diversity in Formula One, but actually we're going to put our put our money where our mouth is, uh, so to speak, and we're going to come up with an all-black base livery, which I think looks utterly stunning. And when you mm. see it yeah. on your Sky screens, on your Sky F1 screens on Friday, you guys, you're all going to love this. Um, but what they've also said is that they are going to work harder to make their team more diverse as well. They, they've looked at how um, uh, what the diversity is within their team, and they're going to work harder to have a more diverse uh, workforce. They're going to work harder to listen to their uh, employees, to try and spread the message as well. This is not just we're painting a car black. Mm. This is a team saying, right, we're going to look at the way we go racing and the way we do things. And that already, I think, is a very powerful message to send out. I watched Red Bull at Silverstone. Was it this week or last week? They were only allowed 100 kilometres around the track to to basically practice ahead of the new season. And what was it you said? 241 days since they last did it in anger. Are are they going to be a bit rusty, some of the drivers, some of the mechanics? (laughs) Are we going to see, you know, tyres dropped? Yeah, 216 days from Abu Dhabi uh, to to Austria. Vassos, to to put it bluntly, it's going to be a pain in the neck for a lot of these drivers because their neck muscles won't be used to the stresses and the strains, the G-forces they're going to have to put up with, especially at a track like Austria with with some quite fast corners on it as well. And they're only allowed 100 kilometres because that's what it says in the rules. You can't go testing mid-season, but you can do filming days. McLaren have had their guys start Carlos Sainz, Lando Norris in F3 cars. Um, They've all done their best to work on their neck muscles and to improve their fitness, but they're all going to be rusty, and that could lead to mistakes as well. So, uh, So who knows what might happen. I think it's going to take a couple of races to settle down. Crofty, your ace. Enjoy. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, and stay uh, in I touch. Crofty, we think about having you on like every week, you know, because it's a shortened season. What do you think? Uh, do you know what, boys? I would love to come on every week. Okay, let's do that. Before every race weekend, we'll have Crofty on. That's amazing. Cheers, Crofty. We're, we're bringing the F and F1 back, yeah? <laughs> yeah, he's been listed. I love him even more now because listen to our show. And I'm, I'm a megalomaniac. All right, F1 is back, back, back. Sky Sports F1 are showing every single race, qualifying and practice session live. Of course they are. What else would they do? Starting with the Austrian Grand Prix this weekend, it's only a tenner extra a month for existing Sky, Sky, Sky customers to get Sky Sports Sky F1 back in your life from this weekend with Crofty and the gang and Lewis and those amazing brand new liveried Black Arrows cars. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.